0: Hey, entrepreneurs, and welcome to the last interview of May's Money Mindset month. If you haven't had a chance to go back and check out, last week we spoke with, I spoke with Christina Wise about the difference between, you know, income generating and wealth building, which who doesn't want to learn more about wealth building. So go back and check that one out as well as the other solo episodes and interview episodes. But for right now, I am jumping in with the amazing Lisa Holton. Let's go. (laughs) Tune in to find out. Here we go. entrepreneurs and welcome welcome to the last episode in the money mindset month and i am really excited to wrap it all up with today's guest. Um Lisa Holton is a health money mindset and business coach and she's helping you build your dream life of happiness, abundance and freedom which i mean who doesn't want that. I'm going to have a problem if maybe you don't, I'm not sure, Um, but she helps mainly entrepreneurs go from a lack mindset to a life of divine abundance by helping them grow their business ideas to create a life of freedom and joy. Amen, Lisa, (laughs) to that. So thank you for coming on today with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just, this is going to be a good conversation because it's a needed one for everyone to hear, which is why I did an entire month around money <laughs> because yes, sometimes love-
1: entrepreneurs don't do that. No, I love that you did a whole month around money because we need, we need like more than one month. I think about yeah. about money. Yeah. 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 It's amazing.
0: I feel like we, people don't understand that you, you kind of need money to run a company. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Um, But anyways, (laughs) can you start off by just giving us, because you've got an interesting background, you've got the intersection of health coaching and money and business. So give us some background around your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Yes. So it all started with um, when I was in high school, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And when people would ask me, my, my answer honestly was, I want to look cute and tell people what to do. (laughs) That's not Perfect. really a job. <laughs> that might be what one of my kids is doing too. So. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um I I went, you know, to college, got the business degree, went into corporate America, and I was there for a few years. And I just I didn't like the backstabbing and the climbing up of the ladder and like it just didn't feel friendly to me because I'm like, I'm supposed to like backstab my coworker just to yeah. get a better job. Like I just didn't it just didn't feel it's good. Icky. Yeah. Yeah. So um I decided to go back to school and really follow what I love, 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 which was health and fitness. So um, got into personal training and being a nutritionalist. And for 13 years, I did that. So I have done everything from teaching all the classes to personal training in home at studios, nutrition coaching, all of that. Um, I actually went online in 2011. And I started an online personal training business, which was Kind of unheard of at the time because nobody was doing it in the online space.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. So I started that. And then in 2014, I decided I really wanted to help my community. So I opened a brick and mortar gym. So I owned a gym for five years. In 2020, we sold the gym and I transitioned back to online. But while I was owning the gym that five years, I really got a crash course in money mindset and business coaching. Yes, So what ended up was I would be in like uh, masterminds or in business coaching groups. And the coach was kind of like, I don't know how to answer those questions that people had around money (laughs) or even ideas. And I'm like, I know how to answer them. Like I'll help these people. Um, And so I just did that for free. Right. And like businesses in town would come to me and be like, help me with my social media or help me with business ideas or how are you growing and doing this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I can help you for free. So when I sold my gym, I was like, wait. I should really charge instead of uh, doing this for free. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But I mean, you're, you're doing your community thing, right? Like you just, and I'm very similar where I'm like, oh, of course I'll help you. Of course I'll help you. And next thing I know, my entire calendar is like helping and not revenue generating. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes. So that is my story to how I got to where I am today.
0: That's great. I mean, and it's, it's really interesting because your story, you have the brick and mortar experience and the online experience with people's tend to fall in one or the other. Yes. And I don't think I wish everybody, every entrepreneur myself included someday I will could do both because mm-hmm. there's just such valuable lessons in both. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, when you have the brick and mortar, you, you are everything you are the janitor to, mm-hmm the HR person. So you you do it all in the beginning. Um, and then yes, like hiring employees and kind of deciding, um, you know, like having to learn all of that is a new skill set yeah. as well. Um, but then when you do online and maybe you're just yourself, or maybe you have a virtual assistant or maybe some other people kind of behind the scenes, that's different than like an actual employee that's maybe teaching classes or training people for you. So yeah, it's lots of different skill sets you have to learn.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it all, it all just kind of goes into your collective tool belt anyway, which makes as a business coach, you kind of amazing in that, Mm -hmm. in that realm. Right. Cause I think there are a lot of tried and true theories you know yes. the pipeline and da 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 like marketing strategies and ideal customers and you know different things like that that are true. But you're right; it's just the sheer logistics yes. of your throughput on process that is so different mm-hmm. when you're on versus offline. And I I think people think one is the right way versus the other is the wrong way. And there's a lot of kind of back and forth.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I don't know which one do you like more? Which one do you like better?
1: Um. Yeah. So. I like brick and mortar for the fact that I got to see people every day, right? Like yeah. I left my house and I got to train. Um, even right now, I live in the Midwest. Um, the gym is still open, so you can still go there and, and see people. Yeah. Um, I think in the online space, when you're coaching online, you can tend to get very isolated. And mm-hmm. if you're not purposefully intentionally networking, your yeah. business will not go anywhere.
0: Yes, exactly. If you're not, because again, there's that curb appeal part of it, right? Where people are just walking in, there is something to be said about you hang your shingle or your sign. And then, you know, if you build it, they will come on some level, not completely, completely. but you're exactly right. um, Which blows my mind that people think that is all that you need, but you don't. Um, no. <laughs> but, but you're exactly right. I think especially during COVID we've seen the online boom, mm-hmm. but you know, I think there's a lot to be said about being like a main street business, especially for communities. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, So let's jump into, let's jump into the money talk because that's what we're here for. Um, So I would love to, I know you kind of have a tried and true, you know, way of operating in regards to entrepreneurs and a couple, you know, key topics that you cover. Can you jump into those for us?
1: Yes. So, I have a method called, um, my signature three pillar system, and I teach this in my 30 day money freedom course, but I'm actually going to speak on it today. So just know it's taken slightly out of context. This is generally taught during week three of the program after we've done like two weeks of mindset work around money. So what the three money pillar system is, is it's just, it's actually a system that, came out of the blue to my husband and I, and we've been using it for the last 20 years in our marriage. And, um, about a year ago, I was like, I should teach people this. Like, how are people not doing this? It was just normal for us to do this. Yeah. Yeah, So basically what it is, is when you have your money at the end of the month. So after you've spent your money on your expenses, the pool of money you have left at the end of the month, you need to decide what are my three pillars or my three priorities that I either want to save that money for or spend that money on. So this system will help you prioritize your money and your spending. So first we start there. So you have to pick your three pillars. Yeah. A lot of people have one of them in common, which is travel. That's a lot of people's desire is to travel. But then the other two are very personalized to that individual. Some people maybe want to renovate a home. Some people maybe want to save for investments. Maybe you need to pay down debt. That That's a big one for Americans right. is paying down debt, whether it's business debt, credit card debt, student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you've figured that out, then anytime you spend money, you're going to funnel it through your three priorities. So an example, you're at Target. And you're like, oh, those are some really cute black shoes. I think I need them. (laughs) They're only $25. It's fine. Okay, does that meet one of your three pillars? If one of your three pillars is not luxury shoes, you do not need to buy. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just, I love the fact that you're starting with your top three priorities because as business owners, as people, we don't usually think, you know, we're, we're more of the mindset that everything is a priority and when everything is nothing is right. So the top three and then screening that mm-hmm. is brilliant because then it gives you a trigger every time you go to do something. Right. Great, great. Continue, continue.
1: (laughs) And it keeps you out of that lack mindset. So you're at Target looking at those shoes and you're like, nope, it's not on my three pillars. So then instead of saying, I can't afford those shoes, you're choosing not to buy those shoes because it does not align with one of your three pillars.
0: Right.
1: So just that language, changing your language instead of, I can't afford it, you are choosing not to buy it right there puts you into an abundance mindset.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes I hear people say like, phrase it as like, not right now, right. Which is in the same sort of category as, you know, my priorities, maybe my priorities a month from now or two months from now or wherever may shift to I want lots of shoes, you know, <laughs> maybe that is, or, you know, my shoes have holes in them, you know, or something like that. And I know we're, we're being silly with the example, but it's, it's, it's an everyday example, but yes. I love the fact that you're shifting it to, cause I know myself and I know you probably have done this too. Like there's so many times when you're like, Oh, I can't afford that. And mm-hmm. your energy just drops, drops yep. <laughs> significantly. And it's tough. We're not saying this is easy, right? No, no, no
1: it's not easy. So then once you have your three pillars, then you're going to go back through your budget. So you'll go back through all of your expenses you spend. So you can do this personal and for your business as well. Go back through all your expenses and then funnel that through your three priorities. So an example on the personal side is how many streaming services do you actually need? Let's be real. Yeah, Yeah. you think? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like do you need five streaming services do you need like Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and your cable company and Discovery Plus or whatever it is you're purchasing
0: yeah
1: probably not okay and does that really align with one of your three pillars probably not I still have not met someone that says one of my pillars is to sit on the couch all day long and watch tv
0: that's okay Uh, I don't know during COVID that might have been mine uninterrupted (laughs) <laughs> but, but no, I completely understand what you're saying. And I think oftentimes we fall into that trap and that rhythm yes. of escapism via mm-hmm. that. And I'm just as guilty as anybody well, with this, too. right? So, but you're exactly right. I mean, auditing, just auditing your expenses yes. for goodness sakes, because so many things are on auto charge or auto yes. renew as well. Right
1: and you think they're cheap, they're only $4.99 yeah. a month or a dollar, even like uh, the app stuff, you know, that you buy yes. for your app. Oh, it's yes. only ninety nine or 99 cents a month. But if you have 10 or 15 of them a month, that adds up over the course of the year. And maybe you could have purchased a plane ticket with that yeah. instead of, you know, dinging around on your phone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and what you're, what you're saying here rings very true for when you hear from any financial planners or advisors or anything like that is really the fact that you know, whatever you qualify as successful, whatever you qualify as a good life or, you know, whatever your ideal state is, is really individualized. Yes. Right. Whereas I think some people think the car, the home, the keeping up with the Joneses thing really does pack a punch. And if you don't consciously sit there and decide, no, this is our priority during the season, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Right.
1: Right. And this is also your three pillars is a great way for you to stay in your lane, I say. Yes. yes. So when you see the neighbor that has the boat and the jet skis and the cabin up north, I live in the Midwest, so we have cabins up north. (laughs) Um, Or when you see on social media that your friend just purchased, you know, a mansion or they went on this fabulous vacation. And instead of saying, why not me? How come I'm not there? You can be happy for them because that's not your pillar. Like, My pillar is not to have a cabin up north, nor do I want a boat or a jet ski. But I'm really glad my neighbor has one. That's awesome because that's his pillar. So he's excited. I'm excited for him, and we can all move forward and be in in an abundant mindset.
0: Yes. And what you're stating is just good business practice and good a good tactic for keeping yourself sane. Mm -hmm. And I I say very similar things to my clients where I say like eyes on your own paper, right? Like, is where when we are looking at the external stuff that means we're probably neglecting some of the internal stuff that we could be focusing on. And I think it's very, and it's also very freeing Mm -hmm. to be able to say, no, this is what my priority is in this season.
1: Right. And you also you don't know what happens behind closed doors. You know, like if you if you're looking at your neighbor for example and they have all the fun toys, you don't know what's on credit or what they're doing or or maybe they won the lottery and you have no idea. But again, you don't know. So it's not your place to judge. Just be happy for them because maybe that's something they're super excited about and that's how they want to spend their money. But then you need to be happy for yourself because how you want to spend your money is different than what they're doing.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's not about, and I think recognize the fact that your kind of negative feeling towards your neighbor's boat is Mm -hmm. not necessarily about your neighbor. Right. Right. It's, it's oftentimes, you know, your insecurities kind of rearing their heads. Whereas, yes. you know, that, that mentality of the three pillars and staying in your lane, like you said, it gives you ammo. It gives you ammo mm-hmm. to kind of go back and say, no, 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 this doesn't mean I'm less than. This actually means I'm actually organized and I'm, I have a goal and I'm going to meet it, um, which is so very powerful
1: stuff. Right. It's not easy. but. No. You can do it. It just takes practice and it'll become a habit just like anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else, what else do you go through with them? So they go through and they identify kind of the three pillars. You start running it through. Um, what else, what other kind of techniques do you use alongside that with folks?
1: Yes. So then, um, so if you're an entrepreneur, which most people listening to this podcast probably are, uh, you're going to want to look at your business and most entrepreneurs want to grow their business. They want to grow their revenue. So you want to look at where's maybe some leaks that you can plug that hole, right? Like again, um, where are you having a subscription to that you maybe don't realize, or you're not using anymore? Um, are you paying a coach that maybe you don't use that coach's services very much, or, you know, maybe you're on like a, a small monthly retainer, so to speak, with them. And if you're not using that service, where can we kind of eliminate some of those things? Right. And then you want to look at how can we grow that revenue? So what are some things that you can do that won't create a lot more time for you, but will create more revenue for you? So perhaps it's a, you know, new program. Maybe it's um, a new marketing campaign to bring in members to your facility you know, what is it that you need to do in order to create that, that new thing. A lot of people right now are going to like, um, coaching. I don't want to say it's not online coaching, but they're like one and done programs. Yes. So, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people right now, especially during COVID, got used to doing things online or doing going at your own pace, so to speak. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a course that you could create that you could sell for under $99 or maybe under $199, something that doesn't take you long to create. You can put it out there. You can maybe give it as a freebie to your current customers, but then to get new customers in the door they could purchase that. And then maybe that gets them into your email funnel to do something else.
0: Right. I mean, what I'm hearing from you essentially is the conversation that I have with a lot of my clients on the daily is <laughs> have an objective yes. <laughs> behind behind what you're doing and be strategic in what you're doing and identifying, you know, is this a low touch, high ROI program, or is it high, high, or is it medium high or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like? Because, and I think looking at it, and this is where strategic planning comes in, is looking at it in the context of the whole yes that you're mm-hmm. operating in and not just like, oh, I got to launch a program well, why? Right. And how much, like you said, how much time is that going to take? Mm-hmm. Is it going to impact your bottom line? Is it, there's so many other questions versus, oh, well, the industry looks like everyone's launching courses. I've had this a million times. People come to me. Mm-hmm. I need to launch a course. Everyone's doing it. And I, was, mm-hmm. I feel like saying like, is everyone jumping off a bridge, like to go old school with my mom, Right. <laughs> but is it, and there's no Going back to earlier thing, there's no right or wrong answer. It's Mm -hmm. just what works in your context, right?
1: Right. Yes. And listen to your clients. What are your clients or your members asking from you? So I'll give you an example. So I sold the gym, but since a lot of my clients uh, still work with me, still know me as a personal trainer and group exercise instructor, I've been having a lot of people ask me for workouts. They, you know, they want workouts they can do at home. They want workouts they can do on by themselves. Okay. Well, if I have 10 people asking me for workouts, how about I write some workouts and I'll sell them to you for 59 bucks and you can have your 10 workouts and you can do what you want. So I did that the other day. It literally took me 20 minutes because I've been writing workouts for 13 years yeah. and I made them all pretty in Canva, which is free to use. And now I sold 10 of them. So in like the span of a day, I made, you know, $590. Right. So, right. I'm not saying it's going to be that easy, but if you listen to your clients or the feedback you're getting, what are people wanting? And if you give that to them, then you can create that revenue.
0: Yeah. And I think even taking it a step back, even one more is identifying who those clients are, you know, and creating that avatar and that ideal client. And I know you've probably seen this as well, but that is a step that people skip like crazy, like, and I—that's one of the first things I ask—is who's your client, who are we targeting, and you know, it's women between the ages of 25 and 60, and that's it. And I was like, wow, like no, no, no. Like, yeah. then how how do you know who to ask? Like you said, like if you, how do you know who to listen to if you don't even know who your ideal client is?
1: Yeah, a woman in their 20s is in a way different spot exactly. than a
0: woman exactly. in her 60s. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, and these are the this is kind of marketing 101 stuff that I think you know, if you're just an outsider looking in, you don't realize necessarily that the successful people have done that legwork yes. before they've just magically generated the money or, you know, when they've rolled out a course, they've had a pipeline or a, an email marketing system in place to to feed it <laughs> as well, right? Like you have okay. people that were asking you right. So you're
1: feeding it. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to narrow down who your target market is because I know a lot of people, they get scared to narrow it down thinking yes. I'm going to lose clients or customers. And really you're not, because if you leave it so wide open, you're not really helping anybody then.
0: So right. for
1: example, I could say that, oh, I'll train women ages 20 to 60. Well, it's going to take me forever to write those programs because a 20 year old female can do something completely different with their body than a 60 year old female can do. Exactly. And if, if I say though, instead, I'm going to train women ages 40 to 50 that are kind of starting through menopause and their kids are growing or old enough to take care of themselves. Now I've narrowed it down to where I know exactly what that body is like, generally what that body can do. I can usually write one to two workouts and it's going to fit for a majority of those people. So now I've not only did I shrink my time, but I did shrink my pool of people, but then I'm going to get very educated in that pool of people. Yes. And then I become the expert for that.
0: Exactly. Which also lends itself to pricing your yes. pricing your products or your services or whatever it may be, because that's the part that I found is overlooked as well. Like, what are you what is the what are these people's income? What are they like? What are they living like? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you're not pricing something for, say, a 20 year old just coming out of college or 20 something year old with debt and all the stuff at like. $1,000 necessarily. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the, some of the folks come with the mentality of like, if they want it bad enough, they'll pay it. But with the caveat of you needed to have profiled well correct before that. Right.
1: Yes. And I think it's different if you own a brick and mortar, this is what I found. Cause I mm. was in online from 2011 to 2014 and online prices are very different yes. than a brick and mortar price. So when I yes. opened my gym in 2014, your price I can't price my gym living in Wisconsin what California can ask exactly. for their gyms exactly because our demographics are different. My my clientele, um, you know, the average income was about like a hundred thousand dollars a year. California, the average income is like I don't even know, but I'm going to guess it's way more than hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> it is, yeah,
0: yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, so I can't
1: be like, oh, it's going to cost you five hundred dollars a month to join my gym. Nobody would join. Right. Nobody would join. So that was part of the issue. When you get a business coach, all my business coaches were from California when I owned my gym and they'd be like, oh, you should charge 350 a month. And I'm like, people in my town, I live in a town of 5,000. They're not gonna pay 350 a month, okay? No,
0: no. And it's also recognized and there is never... And I've said this multiple times on the podcast. It drives me insane when there is a one size fits all, yes, like mm-hmm. approach from coaches and consultants. Like, take my program, you'll make a million dollars. Well, I would love to see number one the stats on how many of those people have actually made a million dollars versus how many have gone through the program, the completion of your program. There's so many questions, but you're exactly right. I mean, that's a huge flag for me if I go to work with a coach. And they're not taking into consideration my specific situation. I mean, that's because you're right. That's a big difference. California versus where you are versus, you know, online.
1: Yes. It's different things. Yep. Because then getting back into the online space, I was like, oh, Now I have to rethink my prices because now maybe I could work with people in California or on the East Coast who are, you know, have more disposable income or who are used to paying a higher price point for their health or for money mindset or coaching versus people in the Midwest. They just don't make that a priority.
0: Right. 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 Exactly. And I mean, that's why larger companies have targeted, targeted ads. That's why marketing is towards the spenders, which typically is women. (laughs) You know, there's, there is a science to this folks um, on some level, but, you know, so I guess, but again, coming back to, it is not a one size fits all, but it is having the ability to ask the right questions. Like you're saying, and looking at your business with a CEO hat on, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. And it's not about you either, because even though your business is your baby and you love your business, nobody else is going to love your business like you, right? Right, Because it's yours, but it's also not about you. So for example, when I had the gym and I was like, oh, I want to teach this style of class X, Y, Z, because I love it. But does that mean your clients love it? Does that mean your clients want that product Mm -hmm. or that coaching from you? Just because you love it doesn't mean that's what they want. So always take into consideration your target audience, what are they looking for? You can always go out and survey them or ask questions, you know, get feedback from them. That's a great way to know what's working and what's not working in your business.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also, yeah, asking, I just, I like the fact that you said that because nobody does it because they're scared. They're scared to look like they don't know what they're doing when really like people like to be engaged on that level when it comes to that. And also you make a very good point about it not being about you because that, and I've seen it time and time again where, and I've done it, um, your self-worth and your, you know, is directly attached to the outcome of your business, therefore putting you at the top of the to-do list Mm
1: -hmm.
0: business-wise, which is not necessarily the case. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always laugh during these conversations when I'm speaking to another another business coach because it's like this is an insight, folks, into the conversations that we have basically on the daily. Um, yep. um so what else? What else can you tell us kind of how this loops back? Because it's all good stuff with the targeting and the ideal client and the self-worth and everything around the money part. So like limiting beliefs, for example.
1: What do you yes. see that way? Yeah. So first when I say the word money, what what happens to your body first off? So do you feel like a constriction anywhere or do you feel like light and like, Oh, I love money and everything's great. If you <laughs> feel a constricted like space in your body or in your breath, or if you even think, Oh, I don't have enough money. Money comes hard to me. Money doesn't grow on trees. Those are all limiting beliefs and we need to stop those. Um, In order for you to create more abundance. So a couple of ways to do that is you need to start reading books or listening to podcasts that are going to create a more abundant mindset for you. Yes. So when you say a limiting belief, like money comes hard to me, stop and choose new words. So maybe you could say, I love money or money comes to me easily or abundance is all around me. Or whatever it is that resonates with you, you need to say the new words and you just keep doing that over and over again. I even still will sometimes say like, oh, money, like, oh, feeling like a little bit in lack. And then you just stop and rephrase it and say, say something positive. Right. And it's not, it's not like you're never going to say something in lack again. You're going to just like I do, but it's being able to recognize it faster and switch your verbiage around quicker to open yourself up to that abundance.
0: Yeah. the more that you do it, it's, it is a practice. Like you said, the more you do it, the more you start to see it. And I think, you know, once you identify those areas, that's when you can see where it needs to work on. And I know I've had a lot of conversations because all of us have come, have grown up with some sort of limiting money belief in our lives, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, rich people are greedy or money doesn't grow on trees or whatever, all of those things may be, you know, I encourage people to to audit and see where that's where that's showing up business mm-hmm. or personal right
1: yep and and you don't need to keep saying it right you can just right. re reframe your thinking, choose new words. It's easy to find new words. If you, you know, read some money mindset books, listen to those podcasts that will help you and surround yourself with people who are doing the things you want to be doing. So stop hanging out with your friends that all they do is talk about lack of money or the job that they hate because it's just bringing you down. So surround yourself with those that are further ahead than you. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll be willing to help you out too. I have never had someone that's further ahead than me say to me, no, I'm not going to give you an idea or no, right. I'm not going to help you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like maybe there may be a life circumstance that maybe they're not able to right now, but I, I agree 110% that like, they're not going to be like, mm, screw you. I'm not helping right. you. Cause, because again, they've reached that point where they understand mm-hmm. there is enough to go around. There is an abundance and you know, the competitive nature and competition and all that can only get you so far with mm-hmm. things. And I I love the fact that you're saying surround yourself with it because Especially for the ladies listening, you know, our focus is not always on wealth building. Our right. focus is not money is a dirty word, you know, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And if we can even read one book, yes, you know, could open your mind up to so many different ways of being around mm-hmm. it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So get around people that you aspire to be like, or whose business is further ahead than yours, because I'll leave you with this. You never want to be the smartest person in the room.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I hate that. It drives me insane because <laughs> right. I mean, then you get, then you're kind of like, wait a minute. Oh. And you know, and then your ego kicks in and then there's, there's so much complexity that comes yes. with that. You know, I mean, there's going to be complexity and securities wherever you go on some level and triggers, but you know, it never stop. Once you stop moving, you're complacent right. and then, you know, your business isn't necessarily evolving and you're not learning. So it's kind of a, an evolve or die mentality yeah, on exactly. some level. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes. Um, all right, my dear. Any kind of last tidbits or anything that you want to throw at folks? I know you just said you'd leave us with that, but just in case I like to ask
1: yeah, last tidbit too if if um twenty twenty didn't teach us anything as business owners, it should have taught you to pivot. You yes. constantly have to be <laughs> pivoting and you have to be okay with the pivot it's okay to change course it's okay yes. to change um, client avatar, it's okay to create a new program or to learn something new. Um, but if you and your business are always evolving, then you will always be growing and making money. But like you said, once you stop growing personally and with your business, that's where you stay stagnant.
0: Yeah. And I think it takes some of the pressure off as well. Cause I see so many folks when they're trying to brand or they're trying to find their avatar, they're doing all that stuff. And it's so, you know, definite, like, Mm -hmm. well, what about in 10 years from now? My like, no, don't worry about 10 right. years from now. Worry about the runway directly in front of you Exactly. and your, you know, your strategy, which again, be strategic about it mm-hmm. and know that you have a choice. You have a choice yep. to change or you have a choice to stay the same regarding the market and everything else. To your point, exactly. the co- COVID is a huge lesson, huge on being resilient, nimble, pivoting, yes. diversifying your income streams. So many Y'all, things.
1: We talked about that too. Diversifying income streams. Again, yeah. COVID didn't teach you anything. We should all learn how to pivot, how to be healthy and diversified income streams. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, even, even those that are in nine to fives or, you know, corporate worlds are even Still
1: diversified.
0: Exactly. They're, strategies. they're embracing the side hustle or whatever it may be. And that's daunting to some people because like, again, it's that, that conflicting message between like monofocus, but diversify, you know, and there's ways to do it. Like you, we, you were speaking about earlier around kind of low touch, high ROI, you know, there's also mm-hmm. d- different ways to accomplish that. Yes, there are. Well, before we leave, tell people where they can find you so they can, you know, take advantage of your course.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on my podcast, high vibe money tribe, or in my Facebook group, which is high vibe money tribe. So check it out there.
0: Lovely. I love it. Thank you. And for those of you who are members of the surviving entrepreneurship community, which you should all be, um, Lisa is generously giving us access to a free workbook, which is three ways to start creating abundance in your life. So speaking of finding things to read folks, we're handing you one. So (laughs) please read it. (laughs) Um, And Lisa, thank you so much for being with me here today. I loved this conversation.
1: Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show.
0: You know, what I really always love about speaking to other coaches or consultants or, you know, just people who work with entrepreneurs or businesses in a similar manner that I do is the fact that, you know, what they come to the show with is very logical advice. You get concrete action items, you know, you you hear the background behind the methodology and it's always really insightful. And I think what Lisa brought today was stuff that you can walk away and put in practice today. So go back and listen to it again. Do it in kind of totality with our other money mindset episodes from this month. And you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed with what even the smallest tweaks around your money can do for your business and for your life. But on next week's episode, we are kicking off a brand new month with, you know, what I haven't come up with essentially exactly a title for the overarching theme, but, you know, we're just talking a lot about emotions. We're getting you prepared to be able to enjoy your summer and really get your mind thinking and putting you first in the mix. And I am kicking it off with my friend, Amy Stanton, who wrote an incredible book called The Feminine Revolution, which we are going to speak about. Some of the just hitting the key points in there and you won't want to miss it. And as always, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review both on iTunes and Spotify, folks. And, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life? See you later.